And welcome to the AFL Opening Bounce. We're live and local here on 1FM. Big thanks to Ralph for not only great music over the last few hours, but for covering for us for a couple of minutes while this computer just did its thing and got us back ready to go. Um, the computer broke purely because we're on the AFL Bounce and we had to play the Collingwood theme song and it just wouldn't do it and it died. <laughs> had to restart the whole thing, you know. Uh, even computers realise when the world's broken. Uh, Bridges, welcome. How are you doing? I'm good. Good to be here. Yes. Uh, bye weekend, though. Although the ladies' football started last night and it wasn't such a bad game at all. You'd be happy, Statsman? Yeah, I am happy. Hello, listeners. Uh, thanking Ralph Whitehead for, of course, the last couple of hours. You can always hear Ralph every three o'clock on a Friday afternoon. Great to have him back. Of course, he's been away on holidays. I think he was back on last week as well. Look, yeah, and Collingwood getting the old arch enemy uh, twice in five days with the AFL women and, of course, getting up by a point in what they're deemed to be or what they're saying at the moment is the home and away game uh, of all time. Well, that would depend on which side of the fence you're looking at it on. Yeah, well, they were saying that two weeks before or whatever when Collingwood, uh, when Melbourne just got over Carlton. They were saying that was the game of the season and whatever. Well, so Carlton have delivered some very good games of football for everyone to watch. I have. It, it was, it'd be bitterly disappointing for Carlton. There's no well, doubt about well, that. Let's get to Carlton a little bit later. Let, let's start with Friday night and the bloodbath that we did see happen Friday. And Melbourne could very easily have got the song because this one was a, a bit of a 50-50 game. We were split in the panel. Statsman was all on Lions at home. They're going to do it. Uh, I wanted Joey to keep sponsoring, so uh, fell on the Melbourne side of the fence. And uh, Pat and Tina's BP, well, we would not be here without them, so please get your fuel and there. I had a feeling that Melbourne have been tracking along a bit better, so that was... So eight goals, nine, 57 to the Lions, 18 goals, seven, 115, 58-point winners. So they over-doubled their score, and th- this really was... A poor effort by Lions. I'm not sure there's any other way you can describe it. That They were beaten right from the word go. First goal onwards, they never took the lead at all. The margin blew out. And I guess you could say they sort of uh, held their ground in the last, second half. But there was already a 58-point margin pretty much by then. Yeah, no, it was disappointing from Brisbane at home. And they, they just didn't look on at all, did they? And I'm concerned that the leadership of the Lions... We've all heard about, you know, Zorko's brain fade. And that was... There was also the report and the suspension to Rayner. There was a lot of things that come out of that game that aren't going well for Brisbane. That aren't going to help them. Uh, and I'm, I'm sorry, we got sidetracked and didn't properly introduce Mark, Mark the Statsman Owens. Marky, uh, how did you go at the uh, KDFL finals during the weekend? Yeah, fantastic. I was only at the one game... Uh, last Sunday. It was a fantastic uh, game, of course. Uh, the Gamby getting over Violet Town. Which was a turn-up. Yeah, it was a bit of a turn-up. A little bit of a turn-up. Well, when you think the week before, Nagambi got flogged by Shep East. And Violet Town had been cruising along, got two big forwards. You would have expected Violet Town to win that. And Nagambi were the Saints. We're all right, they won. As long as the Saints are winning somewhere, because they're not winning in the AFL, they <laughs> went home badly after this week. And, of course, just on the KDL, it's a big weekend this weekend of KDFL action as well as uh, the qualifying finals take place across the course of the weekend. And who are they? Do you know? 
Yeah, I do know, but you've just caught me off oh, guard. Um, you've just got to find it. That's yeah, it's got to. Yeah, I've just got to. My memory's not as good with the tumour, um, so you've got me... He's just got to move through his yeah. 15 trees where the paperwork he has in front of us, everybody. wasn't expecting to talk about the KDL, so... He's gone red, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we've got him. We've got the Statsman Bridges. That's it. Often. We can go home now. We're done. We, we've finally caught him. Um, but you, while Stats is uh, hunting that up, we will talk about that in a minute. Uh, the Cam Rayner one, I think that was pretty straightforward. It was, a, 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 it was what the rule was brought in for. There was no need to, to drop Big Benny on his head, um, and he, he did do it fairly hard, and you knew as soon as that happened that there was no coming back from that one. There was none. It, it has to contradict again with the Crips one. Well, because Ben got up and played. That's right. He did his concussion protocol and come back out and played. Yet well, he, was, he was marked up fairly badly around the face. He landed, I think it was on the pitch. Yep. That pitch, it was all, no matter whether it's wet, it's still always got a lot of grime and whatever in it so uh, i was sure that it'd be a sp- suspension i wasn't surprised about that it's just unfortunate for brisbane because he has done well in the last few weeks yes. not so much last week but then all the lines were down but the week before against st kilda he was one of their best now uh, boys qualifying final weekend in the kdl uh at uh, ironbark stadium tomorrow uh Avenal taking on stanhope ironbark stadium is where in rushworth right and on sunday it's Murchison Talamba taking on Lancaster live from Merrigan Recreation Reserve. That's where I'm involved with that one at, at the gum. So at Merrigan on Sunday uh, with uh, Paul Digger-Jagarico uh, hosting that particular class. Let's so, digress a little further then. How did your Marupna Cats go, Stats? Oh, well, um, we got beaten by Euroa last week and we've got a big game tomorrow actually to try and get over a Chuka to try and play finals. For the first so time, so you must be the Chuka who have they lost. Basically, the we must be the Chuka unless results go another way, which are unlikely to go. Right. So the poor old catters are in trouble. Okay. Well, let's go through um, the Zorko one. Do we do we need to touch on that? Um, there, you know, obviously Zorko said some wrong things, but he also came out and said that it was a two-way street, and he reacted, and it's the. The reactor that's the one that's been caught. Um, well, I'm confused on what he said because... There was multiple reports out, wasn't it? And and then um, I believe that uh, Harrison Petty's mother's come out and said that uh, some of the media reports weren't true in relation to illness and whatnot, I do believe. So Look, there's three or four things that came out that he said this, he said that. Look, let's move on from what was said. Uh, uh, there was a. But it, took it's hard to sort of say if you don't know exactly what was said, it, and then you got people coming out and saying, "Well, this isn't true and that isn't uh, true." I think it was not great because Zorko himself admitted on SEN during the week that he overstepped the line. What I'm concerned at is the AFL allowed it to slip past. The mm. AFL are quick to step into anything remotely unsavoury to the game. And they've allowed this one to slip under. And apparently there was plenty thrown at Zorko beforehand, which then was the reaction that that got pinged up on. So that there was a lot there. But there was other things that Zorko did on the night that I didn't like. Right. Okay. There was, he was ran down from behind and grabbed the guy around the neck and held him in there. Why wasn't that a fifty metre penalty? For that happened to at least twice, where he was gave away, and he should have given away fifties and didn't. So, he, as a captain, he's not setting an example for Brisbane to follow. 
Okay. Um, that's... Let's move on from that one. Other than the fact that Took Miller was on, I was listening to him during the week, and he's like, it's really hard because he goes, you say one thing to one player and they find it funny or that it gets under their skin a little bit and it's okay. Say the same thing to another player and, he and you've really offended them and you've gone through. So he goes, if you're going to be one of those people that, that do say things, you've got to be careful who you say it to because... One person will take it differently than another. So I think on the, the sledging's always been part of football. It has been. But there's got to be lines. And I think the AFL should have at least investigated this further. Not only what Zorko did, but what well, was done see, before I, I Zorko. I don't think so because the two clubs came together and sorted it out. Why Why do we need a league investigation into it? We've, we've had the league investigated 50 other things that the club has said, look, there's nothing to see but here. If, We've sorted it out and whatever. But if the two parties come together and the party that was the victim is happy with uh, the apology, why do we need to take it any further? Because they've done it a dozen different other times, as I said. Like, the AFL poked their nose in. If you go down the street and you in fall over... In what instance, Sydney? Give me an instance. Uh, well, you can... I can't give you an instance off the top of my head, no. Sorry. But there's been other times like where players have done the wrong thing or there's videos come out about players or whatever and the AFL always pokes its nose in and investigates. If not, the AFL, and I don't know if they did, should have then come out and gone, look, we haven't got involved because Brisbane and the Sun... Because Br- well, Brisbane they did have, that. So, well, then they've done what they needed to do. Yeah, but I, I, they didn't actually investigate it. Well, they maybe said, they didn't need to because, well, it's like that said, the two clubs pres- probably presented them with a report saying, hey... We've investigated it. This is the end of it. The two football managers sort of spoke to one another on the night. Mm. And uh, Zorko had an apology straight after the game. And we can all lose our heads, uh, especially uh, football's a very emotional game. And sometimes you overstep the mark. He overstepped it, no doubt. He'd done the wrong thing. And the other thing on Zorko, I think you're right in a way as well. He tries to fake toughness. Mm. Get the footy, Zorko. Yeah, well, that's what I'm, I'm He's getting I'm a bit older. Sorry, Zorko, but you're getting a bit older. And well, it's to the detriment of his team. Of his team, yep. Now, the one thing I do like in comparison of Zorko, at least he's having a crack, whereas Brisbane's forwards aren't. Well, in the forward lines there, it was four goals to Fritz, four goals to, to Pickett, three goals to Ben Brown, and Joey and Joey was really their only forward to kick multiple goals. McCluggage, their midfielder, had to kick a step up and, and kick two. So it was a tough day at the office for Brisbane. Melbourne, they looked good. They looked clean. They they just did what they had to do. It was never... They didn't pull their foot off the pedal. They didn't let the margin drop back to 20 points or something like which that at the end. Which secured them second spot. Which was important. So for Melbourne's point of view, that they ticked off every box they had to, secured them second spot on the ladder, which wasn't known until well late into the whole competition. Well, and if Sydney had to beat Saints... <laughs> if Saints had to beat in Sydney, then it would have been um, probably different. Freo would have gone into the finals, in, into Final Four, and Sydney would have dropped out of the four. Yes. So it was, it was interesting. And it, let's go across to the next one, which just jumped off my screen, which was the daytime game. Uh, Giants 69, Dockers 89. Now, this one was looking like a, an upset uh, partway through the game when the uh, Giants were 
30 odd, 31 points in front halfway through the second quarter. I thought, oh, I don't know about how my footy tipping's going to go here. Uh, this is not good for Frio. They need to win this to give themselves a shot at top four. And they came back stats. They, they did what they had to do. They ended up winning, you know, by 20 points in the end. Yeah, look, GWS controlled the the marking in the air and uh, were rebounding it out of uh, their defensive 50. And that was really worrying Fremantle. But uh, Fremantle ended up getting on top in the clearances and the contested possession in the second half. The one interesting stat, Fremantle had it in 69 times inside forward 50 to GWS's 45. And uh, the centre breaks were 15-8 for the game as well. So they really did get on top in the second half. And Probably that 20-point margin in the end was probably a bit skinny for their dominance for the second half. Yeah, the thing with Giants I'm seeing over the last month or six weeks is they're trying to possess the ball. Kick mark, kick mark, pitily little kicks around the ground, taking a lot of marks. This is something that's new to Giants, and I don't, uh, they, they don't have the skill set to pull that off, to take it from the back line into the midfield and all around there and then get it forward to score... They can co- keep possession for a p- time, but one little mistake costs you, doesn't it? We'll get ready for Adam Kingsley in the new way because he's going to bring a Richmond-style type surge, style like what, uh, of course, McRae's brought to Collingwood. So expect a, an exciting GWS in season 2023. Looking forward to it. Maybe he'll get put some backbone into some of their, their glorified stars. All right. Well, for Frio, though, they did what they, they had to do and then they sat back and had to to wait right till the very end of the weekend to know where what was going on. Uh, two teams that didn't affect the ladder much, well, locked in number one draft pick really for North Melbourne, was North Melbourne and the Suns, 47 to 114. Not much really to see here, even if, if, if either team wanted. Uh, the result probably a bit bigger margin than North would have wanted. Speaking of seeing here, Clarkson was at the ground. In this game, he was a he was a, ca- a cardboard cutout, but Clarkson was at the ground. <laughs> so, are you, you know, sure he was a cardboard cutout? He was a cardboard cutout. It was it was commented on a few times through the day. That so you'd be happy that the cardboard cutouts are still standing up around the game. How's Alex Sexton though? Six goals, yeah, career uh, high, I believe, and um, I can't believe he's actually been in the VFL since round three. He's only played three games in the seniors, and he's kicked. I don't know, 40 or 50 goals in the twos at least, comes out and kicks six, he has to at least get another contract. Or he's worth going somewhere else. Oh, I'm sure somebody would want to pick him Disappointing up. Disappointing game from North. I thought they faded pretty badly and allowed the Suns to run r- right over them. We know where North are at with Alastair Clarkson. The Suns have had their best season Ever equal they're, only they're, equal best. Well, they finished twelve. I think they've had the most wins. No, equal best ten. Equal best ten. I yep. think the position though twelfth is maybe the best. Maybe, but I think fourteenth yeah. was their previous best. Right. Well, so the you first gotta, year they got ten it, wins. So. Well, it's their best season from a ladder perspective. Mm. Um. So, the question is, where to for the Suns? Well, who is now? We're, for we're already hearing that Isaac. Rankin's gone. Yes, He's gone that late. He's asking for a trade. So that's one loss. But is he a great loss? Which, I, which, which by the way, I can't believe just on that, Adelaide have gotten rid of Tyson Stengel. 
and now they're bringing in and offering like 800,000 odd a year. Tyson Stinger, when he was at Adelaide, had personal issues. Substance personal issues. He had two spells out of the club. It, it had reached on a his point where you, you couldn't go any further with yeah, him. and that's why they... It wasn't that his football talent that they questioned. It was his um, personal... It was his off-field problems were yeah. brought him unstuck there. And so that, they, they've seen they've got a loss. But the thing with it there, though, they've got young Rochelle to, f- coming in and showed at the start of last this season that he's got real talent and he can kick goals. Is... Rankin going to push Rochelle out of that area? Well, he's paying 800000 too much for Rankin. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. He's a, was he a third year? He's a, really, he's a second-year second player because his first year he was injured. Uh, no, he's been longer than that because he's, unrestri- he's a restricted agent or un- unrestricted. Oh. Okay. He spent, a, he spent a lot of time injured in what he's done. He has had some really good games, but... I don't, he's definitely not at a point where you, you can't compare him to paying for a Petrarca. No. Yeah, or, or that sort of level. So, and then again, you've got teams like St Kilda that are happy to pay Hanabry that much money, so maybe he's worth it. But the, again, though, they brought... Hanabry was a premiership winner and a star. Unfortunately, he didn't get on the ground enough. That's the problem well, sp- there. It wasn't the, his talent. Speaking of stars, uh, Geelong... Uh, 131, 19 goals, 17, 85 point winners over West Coast Eagles, and seven goals for 46, one point less than North Melbourne. So you know, trying to catch them on percentage drop didn't quite work. But Cats secured top spot. Well, they already had secured top spot, but they made sure that everyone knew it. 13 in a row. Yep, 14 to four goal, 14, four goals to Hawkins, four goals to Stengel. So it was a good effort. Cripps with three goals for. Eagles was sort of their shining light, I think, for a, a bloke that's edging towards the end of his career. Uh, I think he's doing quite well. But where do, where did West Coast go um, from here? That's probably the biggest question of this game. Is West Coast list is good enough to keep to be playing footy? Look, I, I'm not even going to rate West Coast. Like I did my ratings on the clubs finishing outside. Uh, the top eight during the week. And I just said, you know what? I'm not even going to rate West Coast because they had such COVID issues at the start of the year. Look, it's a fair point, Jason. Where to for that club with that list? And, of course, they've got some retirees coming out of that list as well. So interesting times for West Coast. Look, I think they're just going to completely bottom out. I can see them next season picking up the spoon even. Gee, I, I, I think they're a better list than that. There's got to be another two or three discarded from that Luke Shuey and these guys that are they've they've peaked they may still have some value on the market to a side that's cracking for into the top eight but as a side that's building I'm not sure they're ever going to be there when West Coast are knocking on the door to a premiership again so if there's any value in them they should trade out another half a dozen Yo's another one is he has he got any value left on the field for west coast i don't think he's got much trade value left he's a talented player when the games he played this year were very good but yeah. he's not going to be there when west coast are cracking again so those are the players that they have to look at but now and say four or five of you go and find somewhere else to play or you're retired but who would want to take yo and what would like if you've got a player that's got that much injury prone, you're not going to pay pay what he's worth. No, no, you wouldn't. But if he wants to continue playing, 
he may have to travel somewhere else to play. The, 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 I just can't see them having enough young talent coming through that they have, and they've shown a bit of that already this year, with, you know, that they should carry these older players. They should trade them now, such as we said with Hawthorne two years ago, Mitchell and that they should have traded off then, and they didn't, and now they've got to carry them. And now they've got two years down the line, they're no closer to playing finals, and they've got these mature guys in there, and they wanted to sell them now, but their value's gone. What do you say with Shannon Hearn? What do you do with him? He's, well... Well, he played well. I thought he was one of their better players. You, you, yeah, might, give him, you might give him one more, but he, he's a, he's been a, a captain. Like he, he will guide that back line and help it. So there's some help from that. But there's not that coming from the Shoeys and, and the Yos that they're not leaders of people or whatever. I'm just looking to see what the young bloke did because he was back last week. I uh, uh, didn't seem to do a lot. Is it... Um, uh, Cully. Cully, that's the man. Yeah. Before he got suspended, he was looking pretty good. I'm not even seeing him in the list. Uh, it, no, he did play. Then he didn't do much. Okay. I can't, I can't see him in the list there. Anyway, uh, but for as far as uh, the Cats, pretty shared sort of midfield performance. 28 touches to Parfit. Joel Selwood, 28 and two goals. Big game for the captain. Blitzarves is done really well for the year, locked himself in with an All-Australian spot and showed why he got it. So for the Cats, it was really going through the motions without doing any injuries. Well, they did one and a big one in Jeremy Cameron, um, the hamstring, and we don't know if he'll be back for the first final. I reckon he will be, but, uh, yeah, interesting He's got a history of hamstrings, though. Yeah, he has. And, look, they're saying he'll be back for the first week of the final, so it'll be interesting times against Collingwood next week. And then we had uh, a game that really didn't have a lot of final significance to it, but it always does when these two play each other. Essendon versus Richmond is probably one of the, the only games of the round that didn't have much to do with ladder position. But 75 to Essendon, 66-point winners, the Tigers 141. So a, a pretty big margin there to the Tigers in the end. Five goals more to Tom Lynch. So big effort for him there. And Cumberland, young bloke, another three goals for him. So I, I think that they've unearthed one there. Yep. Yeah, and uh, look, a, a guiding light for Essendon, of course, uh, was the goal of Michael Hurley uh, late in the game. That was really good to see even the Richmond players coming over to congratulate him on that goal. Mind you, though, when you're 10 goals or 11 goals in front, I suppose you can afford to be a little gracious, can't you? But uh, <laughs> look, at the at the end of the day, exciting times at Richmond. I mean, gee, wow. Uh, look out the top eight, because they're in fine fettle at the moment. But uh, And, uh, of course, talking about uh, injuries, of course, Tom Lynch, uh, he's got a question mark on him as well for the first Groin injury, but they say it's, it didn't show anything up on the scan and that that's pretty good. A groin injury can carry on for a long time if you've done it badly, and apparently not. See, the thing is, at the moment, I think he's vital to their chances. Oh, I think he's been in, in absolute form. He, you know, he can have that weeks where he doesn't do much, but the last five or six weeks has been really good. And kicking really 60 good. goals in the season and missing out on All-Australian as well. I well, yeah, but yeah, we'll get to that. But, you know, like I can't fault who they've put in there. That's that's why he's missed out. 
I think we'll leave Essendon alone because they'll no, no, no doubt be coming up in stats as uh, topics of the week, I would think. Well, so it was a poor performance, if nothing else. Yeah, on the field and off the field, is they've got as much drama as going on as well. So I like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last game of Saturday before we jump to a sponsor's break was Port Adelaide versus Adelaide, hometown derby. Uh, Port made the big media uh, hoo-ha about how good they were and how bad Adelaide was during the week. And... It obviously went onto the field as well. 56-point winners, 111 to 55. So uh, Port just, I guess, finished their season on a high, which is probably classed as a poor season because they would have been expecting to play finals. They would have expecting to, to probably be top four. A little bit of fault for Bravado, like really at the end of the day, getting on social media and that. And where was all of it at the start of the year for Port Adelaide when it was there to be won? Look, they always knew they were going to beat the Crows. We all know where the Crows are at. And uh, look, at the end of the day, I just think that uh, they really need to make amends next year, Port Adelaide, because that list should have been playing finals. The list should have been. They had injuries early in the year with, you know, Big Dixon injured and these type of things. And when he came back and played forward ruck, I thought he was instrumental in them turning their season around. Their season finished off okay, Port. They, You know, 0-5 was... You know, tough to come back from that. Then they played some decent football. I think the story really is: Have Adelaide improved any at all? Are they going anywhere, Adelaide? And in my opinion, Look. they've gone nowhere further. The game plan is in disarray. They cough the ball up too easily, and they cannot control the ball. I disagree um, because they moved Laird into the midfield, and that showed that, that, they, that they did that last year. Yes, but he, he stood up this year a bit. Last year, he still played a lot off the half-back flank. This time, he was a pure midfielder, and he was very good there. They've unearthed young Josh Rochelle during the year, so they've got that. Uh, Fogarty's shown that he can play football. There, there's players in amongst that group that have stood up this year that were not counted at the start of the year as being AFL quality players. I don't think they've improved, though. I think they've flatlined. Yeah. As a team, they haven't improved. But if we now take the yeah, building you're blocks... you're picking little nuggets there, Jay. They're only little weeny ones. I'm, they're not, I'm picking nuggets. They're not gold nuggets. And then, and then there's probably got to be a big axe brought through a few others. Which means that... That's exactly right. And then they stay flatlined because they then got to bring another six or eight kids in and they stay down where they are. It was great to see Robbie Gray with 13 disposals, two goals, 367-goal career uh, in his last game, uh, playing well for Port. He was a star. Absolute gem of a guy. And he could... Ice cold blood in his veins. He could kick that goal to win you the game as he did to the Saints a few years ago in a final... Uh, you know, like, he, he was a star of the game, and it's a shame that those guys actually get old and, and fade out. Would he be the best Port player of all time? There was talk of that during the week, yeah, and I have to say no. I'd say second best behind. I, me, personally, is Warren Treadray. He's the best. You've also got, who's not retired yet, is Boke. Boke has been a star. Um, Treadray, I, I, I would probably have at the top of the list. Yeah, but I'm not so sure. Boke, Treadray and Boke, oh, I think he sits underneath those. He, yes, he's survived a long time in the, the competition as a small forward, and it's a hard place to, to live year in, year out, and uh, exceed expectation continually, and he's done that. But I don't think that puts him as the best of all time. I'd have him the head of Boke at this stage. You would? Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. What about Treadray? Well, Treadray, I'd said, uh, I believe he's the best 
Port Adelaide player I've ever seen since the franchise existed, but uh, I've got Robbie Gray second. Okay. And where do you have him, Bridges? Um, never you don't any, care? No. haven't thought about it <laughs> uh, because it's, it's irrelevant. <laughs> you, you're, you're talking about players that are in different eras, different teams. Some are in successful teams, some are in unsuccessful teams. It's, it's really hard to... Pick your best and not them. only that, Sydney. When you are talking about things like that as well, different types of plays in different yeah. roles, and the it, other yeah, thing, it makes it really it, hard with that conversation is, according to Port, their history goes back however many you know a hundred years or so because they've won all these flags in the SANFL. Um, so, what about their players? According to them, all those premierships are supposed to count to the oh, AFL. Yeah. So You'd go back to Curly, then would yeah, you? You know, like. <laughs> All of a sudden, oh, now when when it suits us, we're just going to look at the last twenty years or twenty five, however many years. But, but but hey, if we want to wear our prison bars, we're a, we're an eighty year old club. Well, I, I was I was about to think thinking of that. I didn't see the game. I was I listened to it a bit. But what jumper did they wear? Uh, I never wore the prison garb. No, they were no. talking about wearing the prison prison garb as a blue, but. I don't know. I, didn't they, I don't think they. I don't know what they wore, but they didn't wear the one because the AFL said we'll take two, your two first round draft picks off you if you do. If you do, we're not only fine you, but yeah, we're, we're reserved the right to do that. And the question of everyone was, would the AFL go through with it or not? Guessing yeah, um, or Carlton, they don't mind taking first and second draft picks off. Yeah, you. but would they do it just because you wore a different jersey? That's part of the contract they signed. Yeah, well, that's a part of the contract they have with Collingwood. How can they ever have to have a contract with Collingwood? Anyway, let's jump to a sponsor's break. You're listening to the AFL Opening Bounce, of course, brought to you by Patentina's BP service station up the north end of Shepparton. You're live and local here on 1FM. Patentina's BP service station, North Shepparton, has been serving people living in and visiting our region for now more than 50 years. There's no other place you can still experience driveway service delivered with a smile the old-fashioned way. Supplier of BP Ultimate Fuels, they will wash your windows, check under your bonnet and even do your tyres while you wait. Next time you're filling up, do it at Pat and Tina's BP service station. GV Highway, North Shepparton. 1FM sponsor. Welcome back to the AFL opening bounce live and local on 1FM. And we were just finishing recapping last week's games, the final games, and then we were up to Sunday. Three of the biggest games of football, really, in the entire year because they all had implications for the ladder. First one was the Hawks and the Bulldogs, and... It ended up uh, 10 goals, 464 to 12 goals, 1587. But at one point, early in the second quarter there, the Hawks jumped out to a bit of a lead and Bulldogs fans would have been a little bit hot in their throat, I think. I didn't think they were. They, they played how they have all year, Bulldogs. They've been a flat team. They have not got any spark, really. And the Hawks come out and gave them a bit of a touch and then the Hawks faded due to the kids and all that they've got in there. So it was a win to Bulldogs, but it wasn't anything special. It was uh, 0.6 special, because that's what they got into the final eight. Yeah. So, uh, look, they they won the disposal count. They uh, outran them with the handball. They won the contested possession, the dogs. Um, their tackle pressure, they won that as well. They won the clearances, 49 to 22, which is a big number. And to only get 80 points with all that is... Just shows that they're wasting a lot of football. And they're oh. sent, yeah, you're right. 
they are wasting a lot of football. I think that's been an issue with Lamore year. Centre break, 17-6. 12 goals, 15, though. That's the issue. If you're going to win finals, it's got to be 15 goals, 10, or 17 goals, 10. I thought Lockie Hunter was sensational, though. 23 disposals, 9 marks, 13 score involvements. He and best, a goal. Yeah, he was best on ground by a, by a mile. But there was others I thought that were okay. Bont carried a bit of an injury into it, but he did a couple of good things. You know, um, McAvoy going out with a goal. He, he was, you know, I, I'm pleased he's going out on his terms because I think that the tank's empty. But he's still been a, a real soldier for Hawthorne. Injuries have been a, a major issue for him over the year and maybe he's just gone well. I don't know if the body can, can keep up. Like, if you're a ruckman, it's that, that's the hardest job physically you know, others have got to do all just pure running and that, but the Ruckman's got to do a chunk of that, and then he's got to run into brick walls. Yeah, knees and whatever, it's crazy. Yep, so it was there. Young Finn McGuinness uh, did a job on... He was working on Bailey Smith most of the game, and uh, it was good to see there. So they've unearthed a tagger in amongst all of the Yeah, the he's had a good there. couple of weeks. He, he's, he's locked down. Each week he's taken their one of their best and, and shut them out of the game. Dunkley with 29 was good. Uh, so that was a, a, a overall. It got them into the finals, but that's all. That's all. It wasn't anything super special. How um, they think they're going to go over to West Coast and beat Freo? I'm not sure. But see, that, I think they will. But anyway, we won't yeah, even really. need to talk about yep. that. Um, okay, the next game, as that said earlier, was one of the matches of the year. Uh, Ten goals, fourteen seventy-four. Eleven goals, nine seventy-five. And the timeline shows me an absolute sea wave. It was all the blo- all the pies early, and then the Blues at half time said, "No, no, 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 we want to play finals," and jumped out to twenty six points. Was it stats? It was yeah, something like that. Yeah, yep. twenty five J- points lead in the ten minutes into the f- fourth quarter, and the pies did what the pies do, and they just pegged it back and pegged it back, and uh, a couple of misses from Lockie O'Brien, Harry Mackay, and Charlie Kerno in the middle of that last quarter, uh, just stopped the the run. And, and then we ended up with the, the local boy over from Euroa, uh, Jamie Elliott, kicking another goal and winning another game for him. A little story on that, Jase. You've got a story for us. I do. Jamie Elliott, of course, is Euroa boy. And I was speaking to a prominent member, Scott, over at Euroa. And next weekend, they have an auction going. And what he wanted, well, part of the auction, he's got a few other pieces he wants, but he, he, there is going to be a portrait or a pick of Jamie Elliott up for auction next weekend at Euroa. So if you're a Jamie Elliott fan, get in contact, go over to Euroa on next Saturday and you will be able to bid for a print of Jamie Elliott. And he, he was starred. Those two goals he got were outstanding. Like he does, He's a typical small forward where he doesn't have a lot of influence, but then he does. And when he does, he kicks straight. He That you know that first goal he got was a cracker. Uh, you know, I just think he has star quality. And it comes out in small measures, but it is big. He was aided, though, by Ginnivan, who laid that shepherd on Saad, who was closing in on Elliot. And just the presence of mind of given an, an 18-year-old under that kind of pressure in such a big game to just apply that one percenter, was absolutely outstanding, I well, thought. I think on the day himself, though, Ginnivan was pretty fair. Had three he goals. Get? Yep. Oh, he was brilliant. He and, can play footy. If he and just... I think he only had eight disposals, but that's his high impact. Yes, that's right. Same thing. How, how are the Pies 
done this. I'd like to consistently come back in last quarters and sneak over the line is just outstanding. It, 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 I, I've never seen a team in all my life that have done it so often. Teams will often have four or five or six or eight close ones and, and end up 50-50 or a little bit ahead or whatever. But the Pies win them all. They've won them all or they come back from dumped. nowhere, way down in almost all of those to get over the line, like North Melbourne, 30 points down. They, they were they aided, they, by some really bad errors by Carlton late. Is that a concern for Carlton then? Well, it's been their issue all season, hasn't it? Well, the, the, well against Melbourne, it was the same thing. But I look... They only needed a draw. Yes. But I don't think the players actually knew that they just needed the draw. And if, if someone... You know how they put, like, on the sidelines, like, a minute to minute. go? Yeah. Like, I, like, the whole thing with Carlton, they all seem to lose it, even their bench. You know what I mean? Like, just put on the blackboard, all we need is a draw. A draw is enough. Let, let, yeah, let them yeah, know. Yeah. Because I think they still tried to win the game. They would have known I, that. Was I it don't a- know. Yes, they would have. I don't, well, I don't the Bulldogs, know, the Bulldogs game's well over by this point. They would have known by half time. No, 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 no. You, as a footballer, you don't necessarily know these things. The coach would have told well, them at three quarter time, boys. No, we've got to win this game. But if you only no, get, we not need a draw. No, you don't reckon? Well, they were twenty five points up and looked like they were going to win by. Well, what were they up at three quarter time? I suppose you go to them at three quarter time when you're twenty. No, at three quarter time they weren't anywhere near that far. They were twenty four points. They were four goals in front of three. Why would you be talking about draws at three quarter time when you're four goals ahead? Like, why would you be doing that? Yeah, you you put negative thoughts into their head. Yeah, that's right. So you, you can't. You, you you wouldn't be saying anything to them. But as it started getting closer, with which who kicked the goal there when? Um, well, Mason, when Mason Cox kicked the goal with about 10 minutes to go, uh, 15 minutes to go, the runners then would have gone out and said, boys, if they're going to come at us, just hold on for a draw. There's some basic misses from I, Carlton. I don't think so. I, I just think they lost their heads thinking they needed uh-huh. to win the game. Yeah. Yeah. Then that's a coaching issue that, that's there. But all year, they, they'd get out to 50-point margins and win by three or lose or... They their second halves of the year were poor in almost every game. We'll rate Carlton at another point, but there was things that they had. They had quite a lot of injuries. They start. did have injuries. They had two pillars up forward, though, that kicked 50 and 60 goals each. Uh, but on the night, Kurnow missed, what did he get, 2-5, and two of the, a couple of those in the last quarter yeah, should, have been, should have been goals and weren't. How, uh, like, they showed how that last goal was scored. Like, Pendlebury was, from his half-forward line, he was just walking down. He was knackered. Always kicked the ball in. Moore took the mark. Played on. Bang, bang, bang. Comes to Pendlebury in the middle. He's going, oh, yeah, I'm still here. No one's covered me. Bang, and then it goes up forward, and they score and win by a point. That's basic things that Carlton should not have allowed. Always running into... There. Why did he kick to the pocket? Why didn't he kick right to the goal line? There was nobody there where he kicked to. I just didn't understand who he was kicking to. What that, about that Maynard bullet pass in the midfield late to Pendlebury that that's the one I'm got it on forward? Like yeah. that was just that was a leap. But how can you leave Pendlebury free? You do that at your own peril, don't you? Don't like, you? Yeah. If we talk about who's the the best player of a club of all time, Pendles has to come into the equation of best Collingwood player of all time. Well, talking about that, Carlton did have time to set up behind the ball, and yet 
when you look at it in forward 50, there's only one Carlton player defensively, and that was Saad. And that's just crazy when you're in front. Doherty had 29, 786 yards, uh, metres gained, and a goal. So, you know, Doherty did his job in the back line. But he played midfield. He was midfield oh. on the day. Then that's probably why he got a goal. Yeah. Um, Cripps, 35 touches Terrific. again. So th- the stats, if you look at the stats as I'm reading them, they, they simply say, oh, Carlton won that game. Collingwood, yeah, but they but, didn't. But no. That's well, right, Col- but yeah, Collingwood in won. In a way, you're right. Collingwood in a way, won. you're wrong. Collingwood did win the rebound 50. They actually killed them off halfback 55 to 32. They won the tackle count plus four. They won the marks plus two. So they were all right in the air. And they won the handball uh, run receives, 128 to 125. So there were some KPIs Collingwood's way where a lot of commentators were saying all the KPIs were Colton's way. They were. The one thing I will say, though, Collingwood can't keep losing the contested possession. They lost it 177 to 123. That won't work against Geelong. No. The other thing is, how far were Collingwood in front early in the game? They were 20, 25, 20, 25 so, points in and front. And this has happened a few times to Collingwood, that they were they're in front, doing well. Like a couple of weeks ago, it happened. They were at the quarter time, they were six or seven goals up against, was it Essendon? They, they allowing they only just got over the line, like massive swings in their games. In their games, well, I want some consistency from Collingwood. If they think they're going to go all the way and beat it, the likes of Geelong or Melbourne, then we want a four quarter effort stats, not and, a half a last. And you're quarter. right. And a pile on a goals. I think Carlton kicked eight straight or yeah. something there, such like that. Against Geelong, if Geelong are kicking eight straight against Collingwood, you're in big You trouble. aren't coming back. No. Um, mm. So you would think, okay, after that blockbuster, that's it. The ladder's sorted and we're all done. It's lowly St Kilda playing Sydney. And that game should be done and dusted. But we had Fremantle supporters cheering for us for a change. Yes. They, they were cheering their heads off for us, but didn't help. 11 goals, 8-74, 14-point margin, 13 goals, 10-88. The Saints were out in this. They were out of it. They were in this. And right up till only a couple of minutes to go, they were only a goal behind and then they let a late goal go out and two two late goals go out and that was pretty much the end of it. I, I ventured down to the game um, on a Sunday afternoon. I thought last game of the year I'll drop back down and see what the Saints were like. And look, they, they had a crack, but the, the fundamental mistakes they made, they fumbled at critical times. I think Swan's got three, four goals out of St Kilda fumbles. They they really made basic kick and errors were you know under twelves would kick better than what St Kilda did. They had a crack. They came at some Swans. They got to within six seven points there a couple of times in the last quarter, but just couldn't quite go onto it. And again, it was mistakes through the day. And I, I, for them to take another step, they've got to improve. At one point. There was the kicking efficiency. Swans were 73 and St Kilda were 59. And that was when they were getting well beaten. So they are the basics that you have to fix. As a coach, he has to fix that through the off-season. We have to kick better. We ha- And, you know, like your, your Max King up forward, this week he kicks five straight. And it was great to see that. It was terrific, yeah. Why, why he couldn't do it the week before and gave him a chance of playing finals, I'll never know. But he, he had a good game. There was others there that had terrific games. I thought Hanbury was fantastic. Whereas you look at the Swans, it was disappointing plays in there. Warner didn't do much on the night. Um, 
Tom McCartan had a very poor game. There was other players there that I expected, you know, I was go, sort of going to have a look at the Swans too after the way they've played over the last six weeks, and I wasn't overly impressed. Look, I, I listened to the first part of the game and then watched the second, the, the second half more so, and the Saints showed, I guess, the same bit. Yes, they're good enough, but they just couldn't hold on. They they just will lack that little bit of polish that Sydney were able to do. Good pressure by Sydney. I think their their back half pressure on the forwards to be able to rebound the way they rebound is really really good. Sydney still worry me as a team that could go all the way and could take on the Melbourne and the Cats of that, that are expected to be there. I think they'll fall a little short. Oh, I think they're very even across the field. Isaac Heaney was brilliant, 23 disposals and two goals in that game against St Kilda. Look, they did what they had to do. They won the game. Mm. I think the Swans in it up to their ears, to be but honest. They, they, had a, they had a chance there halfway through the second quarter, whatever they were, 20, 30 points up. They should have gone on with that and taken second spot. Yeah, it was at Docklands, though. I know, but the second spot was up for grabs. Saints had nothing to play for. And it, as far as that goes, I think after that, the Saints ruled them. So the Swans didn't do a lot. They won, yes. that's what They got them into the finals. But they're not really in the top two. So Sydney winning that, of course, knocked Fremantle back down into fifth spot and left us with finally, at the very end of the season, a final eight, which for the first time for the whole entire season saw Carlton outside of the eight. Uh, right from the first game of the year, Carlton won the first game against Richmond. If you listen, you'll still hear Nipper Harvey crying. Well, I've spoke to a few Blues supporters and they probably think this is the one that got away. But at the same time, they're also thinking that they've had a good season. They've got a lot of good building blocks in there. They can fix up some mistakes and stop this dropping off in the second half. So there was a, They're 8-2 and on Miss Finals. They didn't have a good year. I think they did have a good year because they, they've added belief back into a club that, that had none. I'd, I'd give them a pass, Mark, because I think you're right, Jason. And, like, they had some not, serious... Not when you're rating two. No, but... We've a draw that, to be fair, suited them. Yeah, but from where they've been, and it was in their own hands, and they wasted it against Melbourne and they wasted it against Collingwood. Okay, is that fair? Like, well, they, well, they had both me, those to games. Me, to me, I'm sorry, but if you're rating two, you should be playing finals. Well, St Kilda were... Eight and three. And they're well, worse I'm on the ladder. I'm not passing them either. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the Cats end up on top of the ladder. Minor premiers. Uh, great work to the Cats. 18 wins for the season, 18 and four. And a very healthy 144%. Eagles helped a nice boost on that this week. Melbourne, they were looking at fifth spot two weeks ago. And would they even make top eight? Or would they miss out in the finals altogether or even a, a few weeks before that? But they have held on to second spot. So we will have a final at the MCG. And that means that, we're, in fact, we'll have two finals at the MCG. And the two preliminary finals. Because the Cats will play well, there. Maybe. Well, that depends on who wins those. Yep. And then Swans, after their win on the Saints, get third. Pies jump up into fourth. Fremantle get fifth with 15 and six. So that, they dropped away a little bit as well. They were up there and... Let but a couple of they games won't be go. Disappointed at having a final at home against Bulldogs, which is the the weak link of the the top eight, and then that if they win that, 
and go on, then they get a home again if they need it. I'll tell you what, Sydney, you keep saying that the Bulldogs are a weak link. I think they might surprise you in Perth. Well, they'd have to do something different than they've done all season. Uh, look at, well, I wouldn't say Fremantle are the most consistent side running around either. No, but they've Fremantle big... should have been playing, should have had top two, should have been second. They dropped a couple of games at home that mm. they should not have dropped. I think Essendon beat them at home. Saints beat them at home. Saints beat them at the start of the season, and that you can forgive that. But Essendon were were down and and beaten, and and they lost to Gold Coast. There was a couple of losses, losses they didn't there, need, and that they ended up them. two points out of a. And they may have no Tabernar. Well, they haven't had him for half of the year anyway. No. So he's kicked a lot of goals when he was there, but they've missed. They've been able to just give Rory Lobby's job. And well, I'll tell you what, with no Tabernar playing a final in Perth, I, oh, gee, I don't know. I, I actually think the dogs are great value. Well, let's come back to that one. Brisbane se- sixth, so they do still play finals. Richmond seventh, they were dead and buried, and they secured a, a locked seventh spot by before last weekend and the Bulldogs round out the top eight at eighth spot and then Carlton and St Kilda they fell short and blew it so that's where we at so what does that give us as we go forward it gives us uh, Thursday night which we will talk about what we can before we run out of time Uh, Lions and Richmond and it'll be at the MC uh, it'll be at the Gabba Gabba. Uh, then we have Friday night footy will be Melbourne and Sydney and it'll be at the G Saturday night, a uh, Saturday daytime footy will be the Cats and the Pies at the G. That'll be a cracker. In a twilight zone, it is. And I think it starts at about 440. 4, 4.35, yep. 4.35. And then the, a the Dockers play a late one after that. And it's 8.10 p.m. start our time on Saturday night. And that's Dockers versus the Dogs. And they're the eight that survive. Well, so. you say it's a sellout already, Stats. But that only means, like, on the weekend... Well, I'm only going off the media reports. I, 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 don't, I don't sell the tickets. I know. I, I understand. I'm not going to get you. I'm going to go at the AFL or whoever right, does you, this. I'll give you a chance to do that later. And we're going to jump to a sponsor's break. And then we're going to crack quickly into some topics and hit the All-Australian and have a talk about young Nick Dacos. You're listening to the AFL opening bounce brought to you by Patentina's BP service station. Patentina's BP service station North Shepparton has been serving people living in and visiting our region for now more than 50 years. There's no other place you can still experience driveway service delivered with a smile the old-fashioned way. Supplier of BP Ultimate Fuels, they will wash your windows, check under your bonnet and even do your tyres while you wait. Next time you're filling up, do it at Patentina's BP service station. GB Highway, North Shepparton. One of them sponsor. Welcome back to the AFL opening bounce. The Statsman's taken over the haircut the last few weeks, but Bridges said, I've just got to have a bake. I just need to get one in here. So, uh, Bridges, haircut time is yours. Thank you. Uh, my question is this, Jase. We have the, the MCG. Okay? Yes, we have the MCG. At a grand, final, at a grand final, you can get 100,000, 100,000, 100, and whatever else. But on that 100,000 mark is about its maximum. On the weekend, we had Collingwood-Carlton. Terrific game, great finish, but it was a sellout crowd, mind you. It was a sellout. You couldn't buy a ticket for love nor money. Yet, there was only 88,287 people got there. Where the heck did the other 12,000 people go? Why couldn't they be on sold tickets? The AFL in their membership and whatever else, and the MCG in their membership, they allow them to reserve seats. Fair enough. But if you're, they're not going to take up that reserve seat, it should be on sold to the public. 
The public are getting ripped off here because that's 12,000 people from Carlton and Collingwood that couldn't go to see that game. Now, Stats, you say that the MCG is a sellout for the final on the weekend between Collingwood and... Well, that's not what I said. It's what media reports my, oh, yeah. Between Geelong and Collingwood. Between Geelong and Collingwood is a sellout. But are we going to get 88,000 or 100,000 there? If it's a sellout, why don't we get 100,000 people there? That's what I want to know, AFL. Where do those tickets get wasted? Okay, Sydney, how do they fix it? You, the, it's you, easy. If you're an MCG member, you have to be there at a certain time or nominate that you're going to be there, right? If you don't, then a section should be kept aside, part of the MCC member enclosure. So let's say for 12,000 people or 15,000 people should be left on the side. And if the MCG members are not going to turn up and the AFL members are not going to turn up, that section should be then on sold to the public. And it would be just encroaching the public in a little further into the MCC area and nobody would know the difference, except 12,000 people would get to the game. What if it's 6,000 people? What then if, it's 6,000 people. 25,000 people. Then they just cut that piece off smaller. But you've already allocated the tickets to the other people. No, you you, al- you leave yes. a, a section and if they come at you, you fill your section in, that goes along. And what's wrong with having an ordinary guy in there filling a seat? It has to be better for the people there. I love it when the, the crowd's big. I love it when it's full around me and the crowd's roaring or whatever. It doesn't feel the same if you've got empty seats around you. I think it's an easy fix. of If a game's, a, say, a Saturday game, if you haven't reserved your your intention to come... Um, by Friday at whatever time, then the ticket goes on sale first thing Saturday morning for that game. What what if you're someone like me? If the MCC were in my backyard, I still wouldn't sit with them. Well, then you wouldn't take one of those seats that are up for grabs. But there was thousands of people. I I went to the St Kilda game and there was Collingwood people at the St Kilda game. And I said to one guy, how come you're here at my game? And he said, well, we couldn't get in the MCG. We wanted to go to the footy. So we'll come and watch this shit game, he said. That was his (laughs) comment. But Very good, Bridges. If there was 12,000 extra tickets there, he would have got in and he'd be there. All right, well, let's go for some, for some bridges to something positive. Let's have a quick superstar. I don't know who you are, but you must be some kind of superstar. You got all, eyes, so you all right, tough one this week because we had we have Charlie Cameron win the uh, Coleman medal at 100 to 1, but cost his team pretty much the game. So. Could could get spuds? Definitely can't get a superstar one, but still hundred to one odds he was to win the Coleman Medal before the season started, and he won that. Uh, but can't have superstar. Alex Sexton kicked six goals for a guy that's struggling. Yep, could go in there, but he didn't get them. Uh, I've got. I'm going to give this guy a vote because he's been canned over the last week, and he got spuds last week because he deserved them. But this week, I think he earned an extra vote. So I'm going to give Max King one vote. Five goals and a losing side. Not so much because he he kicked the five goals, but he didn't let what happened the week before beat him. He come back and 12 touches, five straight, fixed his action, did what people said, gave a bit more room to have his kick and did his job better. Two votes are going to give to Prestia. Had a, had a great season. Uh, 31 touches, kicked a goal. I uh, thought that was really good and uh, just he's the engine room dusty disappeared 
and Presti has stepped up. And I, I think he's had a great year. So You've been on him all year, you have? I have, because I've had him in a few Supercoach leagues and I picked him up cheap in. Yep. Uh, but it's one of the first years he hasn't been injured all year too. True. So we're, we're actually seeing what the guy was capable of when he was at the, at the Suns. We saw that too. And three, there's only one bloke that can have three votes, and that's got to be Elliot. Jamie Elliott. Jamie Elliott. Jamie Elliott has to have three votes. He was, like, again, Collingwood are dead and buried, and Elliott steps up, wins the game for him, locks him into a top four spot. Uh, just that wouldn't he would have got votes for kicking that goal after Siren the other week, wouldn't he? He might have. I'll have to tally up and go through. And, and Gee, Alex Sexton was unlucky, kicking six goals coming back from the VFL. Hasn't played in the AFL since round three. He was playing North Melbourne. Didn't count. He got a mention. He got a mention. Come on, it's all he could get. Uh, I can't give four votes. He got a mention. So anyway, that's the votes. I'll tally it up. And the last thing before we go off air is I'll read out the the winner of the superstar. Well, you'll probably have to do that with spuds too, I suppose. Uh, I can, we'll give you spuds uh, after the next uh, sponsor break, Bridges. Uh, Statsman, throw us a topic. Well, you want to talk about? I suppose we should talk about Rutten being sacked on Sunday. Um, the scenes after the game in the Richmond game, I, it looked like now looking back in hindsight, it looked like he knew it was coming, and I, I, the whole thing has just been handled awfully. He would have to be naive to not think he was going to get the chop. The way Essendon chased Clarkson, that was a very poor way of doing things from an Essendon football club. I think their their supporters and sponsors would be gutted by the way Essendon have performed in in. You know, the president left, a new president came in, and all of a sudden they jumped on the bandwagon and trying to chase Clarks, and it was way too late for that. Uh, and that that then cut the rug out from underneath Rutten. That was a disgusting way to treat a coach, even though I, I think it was the right thing to do to move him on. I don't think he was getting... You don't value. think he'd been told that you'd been moved on beforehand? Not before they chased Clarkson, no. He, did, he had no idea that they were going to chase Clarkson. But before Sunday's game, I think he knew that, that he, he would have He would have known then that it was... Yeah. I know they made a... Or, or whether it, 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 he would have known it was untenable to stay behind, that once so much happens, you get to a point where you no longer trust them. That's a, right. And he would have had no trust. They've obviously got issues with his coaching style because it's it's failed. I, I think from a, as a Bombers fan, I, I would be very happy to be moving to a different coach. I think they're... I do. I still I rate their list. I think that their list is, is scary when it gets moving, but it's just not performed consistently. The other thing is that... But then how do, you, how do they get any consistency? Now they're back to the drawing board. They've invested in Rutten for two years. Two and, well, well, three who, years, really, because well, he was well, with well, Worsfeld. Yeah, well... Yeah, in a sense, yes, but really two at the helm. But Rutten now was, they're back to the drawing board. Rutten was the one at Adelaide before that, wasn't he? He played at Adelaide. Yeah. Did, he, I think he was at Hawthorne. Was it Hawthorne he was at as assistant that, coach? So he, but as an Essendon coach, he was great last year. Whatever he did this year or whatever the reasons for him changing his game plan cost him his job. If he re- just redid what he did last year, he's in the top four. The signs were there that Essendon at times had a great game plan, but also at other times they were scored extremely heavily against last year, and they never fixed that over the off-season. That just continued on through the season this year, and I, I just don't think that... Look, some coaches are great people, and some coaches are able to take a club in a direction, but others aren't. 
they're disjointed in what the, the messages are to the players. The players don't know what they're trying to do. But and they knew last evident. year. Yeah, well, up to a point. But then you take other games there last year where they were flogged the same. Yeah, but see, you can play two styles. You can play, well, let's stop them scoring points and we only have to score one point to win the game. Or you can go, let's just score more than them. His game's plan last year was when, let's just score when, more than them. When they and they every, did that, they were great. It, but that means you do open yourself up when you come up against the top sides to that you, you yep. can get hammered. Yep. So, look, I... I I think we just we we let it be with well, the general managers left now this week, so that's another one gone. And there was there's Four a couple board of members are gone apparently. Yeah, yep. who supported Rutten? Right. So now where do they go now, Essendon? That's the question. I, I'm like as a coach. I saw an article saying, and I'm sure it was fake, but that Herd's going back as coach of Essendon. They well, couldn't do it, could they? <sighs> I, I, I think they could. Well, there's a lot of support there for him. Uh, the, you really think sleep. they could? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I do too. Yeah, I, I don't. Look, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think. I think it's a step backwards to take him back. But there's a lot of support at Essendon for him. But the, and Kevin Sheedy, who's on the board, we all know that he wants him there. And he never left. But he's just. He led them through their darkest days of, of football history. Yeah, he did, but he also came back and coached them, and they looked they looked like they were coming coming right. He's a he's an Essendon man, true and true. Uh, he's an Essendon man. The concern I have though is, in the last few years, the only time he's spent in a coach's box has been at GWS, the last six or eight weeks. That's the only job he's had in football in that time. Well, we spoke last week about Clarkson going to North, so that's going to boost their membership base. You can't honestly tell me bringing Herd back would boost your membership base at Essendon. Okay, if you don't... Oh, I reckon it would. Yeah. Oh. He's got a lot of support amongst the Essendon people. Okay, all right. A lot of support. Okay, if, if okay, let's take Herd. If Herd's one option, what other options are there for... Ross Lyon? Ross Lyon is an goes, option. He goes against the game plan that I think that they're best at, though. He does, but he would bring some defence into there and some strength of purpose. There, there would be no if, what's or buts of what we've got to do out there. And if you don't do it, you won't be playing next week. And when week. he was asked on the other night, whatever show it is, by um, Carolyn Wilson, his answer wasn't no. Not like it was the year before when he was asked about coaching jobs. Um, so I, I think he's quite well open to the suggestion. But, but what he wants... He, he doesn't want to go through the, the rigmarole of it like he did with Carlton and then get shut out of it. He wants the Essendon football to come, to come to him and say, listen, mate, what do you want, Ross? We'll give you five years. We'll give you a million dollars. We'll give you what do you want. You have the job. Just say yes. That's what he wants. He doesn't want to go and front the board and tell everybody how good he is and what he has to do. He doesn't want to go through that. He wants a Clarkson scenario. Well, I think he has the runs on the board of making grand finals to do that. I, I would not want him back at St Kilda because I don't like his game plan. But, but, he, he, gets, games. but he gets wins on the board and that's what he's there to do. Most uh, successful coach in your history. You like to mention that stats. It doesn't mean I like him. But, okay, uh, let's leave Essendon for, for a little bit and we'll come back to them next week, no doubt, because there'll be more news about what's happening there. Uh, all Australian side, boys. Um, let's spend a few minutes talking about that and then we can move on to... Some Something else that no doubt Stats has got a whole a couple of trees there of topics that we will run out of time. We will be off air at 7 o'clock. Uh, the news will kick in and Richo will be on with some great music after that because, of course, there's no uh, men's footy tonight. Uh, women's football is available, though, to, to jump on and watch. All-Australian team, did they get it right? Did they not? Backline, Tom Stewart, Stephen May, Braden Maynard, Jack Sinclair, Sam Taylor and Adam Sard.
I think question mark I have a Sam Taylor. Really? Mm. I thought he was I, I thought he was good enough to be there. My I question, thought he was good enough to be there. Yeah, my I question is Saad. Uh, without Saad and Maynard, to be honest. I um, think Maynard was fine. Okay. I thought Maynard deserved his spot. Yeah, I thought some of those heart and soul games he plays and I want way you to talk, I want you two to talk me into why Jack Sinclair's there for St Kilda and not Nick Dacos. Uh <laughs> Sinclair was by far the best saint that we had this year. He was. That he, doesn't mean you walk into the All Australian team. Though. He was still better than his backline coming off the backline. He was the best player of the year coming out off of the backline without doubt. Dacos was brilliant, and uh, and we can we'll talk about him in a minute. But to justify Sinclair, he's the one that came out of the backline with precision and moved the ball forward for St Kilda in the right directions, and he did it time after time. Averaged near 30 disposals coming off of that. He, he had a career best year that was accurate. Well, I've got Nick Dacos in front of me. Average disposals 26 for the season in his first year. Uh, 80 more effective disposals than any other Collingwood player this year. And he should have been in there. I, no, Saad is I the don't one. think so. Well, how, how can you justify Saad, Bridges? Uh, Saad was brilliant for Carlton. Off that half back line, he had brilliant games. Absolutely. I, I'm, I have no problem with Saad being in there. Stats? Yeah, I think Sa- Sa- Saad in there. Yes, Sa- I can. Saad or Dacos? Oh, I think I think Dacos should be there for Jack Sinclair. No, rubbish. Nah, rubbish. Sin- Sinclair's one that that nobody's really questioned in all the the conversations I've yeah, had well, with I it. Do. Okay, well you are the stats man, so we'll give you that. Um, Sam Taylor is um, De Koenig been feeling a bit gypped. I thought De Koning was very good. I I thought Wiedering was very good till he got injured. Yes, he didn't come back and after he didn't his injury come back. as well. Um, but Stuart, before that, he was great. I have to question Stuart, though, like suspended. Should you be allowed in the All-Australian side if you're suspended? Yes, because it's not part of the rule. It's only part of the Brownlow. That's the okay. only place that it is a then, part of. Now let's take it into the equation. You're on the All-Australian. You've missed four games. The first three or so we came, once he came back, he was shocking. Um, so his last third of the season was extremely poor. I sp- and up to his that, stand- he's getting forty-five, and he was brilliant before that. Yep. and okay. whatever. But do you have to carry it through the whole year? Well, obviously, Saad is one that um, I had in in variety of super coach leagues, and he, one week you had to have him on the field. He was brilliant. The next three, two weeks, he was very poor, and you wouldn't know till after he played how good he was going to be. So. I just I have to question that, and with Dacos and De Koenig, did they not get a spot because they were first year players? Well, what about Brandon Starsevic from Brisbane? Not as good. I'd still have Sard over him. I thought he had a good year, but not. Yeah, it, I'd still it, he's below that level. What was his actual skill set, Starsevic? He, he was a more a blocker. He wasn't a creative player. He didn't bring it out of the back line. He was solid, but well, he wasn't That's all the more reasons why he probably should be in an Australian Okay. Game. He's uh, one of the best one-on-ones in the business. So we're all wanting Not to... Not up to standard. So who, you said Sam Taylor, no bridges. Why? Oh, look, I, I just don't think he's done enough. He, he, how many goals got scored on him? Too many. I, I just don't think he, he's shown enough to be the centre-half back. And who should have been in there instead? Well, there was, like I say... They don't 
in the AFL, the yeah, team, no, no. they who, don't who play in their position. Who should be there instead? I, I would have put um, De Koning or I would have put Wiedering. There's a couple of others that you could put in there. What about um, Collins from the, the Suns? And what about, uh, who's the guy from Frio? Um, the could Cal Wilkie have found a, what about a possible a spot in there? Like, like the, any of those is Sam better Dockety. than... Doherty is another one that would have been better than Sam Taylor. Yeah, okay, all right. So basically we we flip a coin between 20 players to put On in On that centre-back spot, yeah. All right, okay. I would have given it to probably De Koning because for a young kid... He had he had the least goals scored on him for a defender of anybody. I think's the stat, and that that should have got him in there. Midfield: Took Miller, Clayton Oliver, Callum Mills, Max Gorn, the Ruckman, Paddy Cripps, and Lockie Neal. Um, Can't fault that. Oh, I'm happy with all of those. Mills is a question one. The maybe. only thing I'd say is they've they've got Talk Miller on a wing. But to me, he's not really a wingman. In a better side, he would be a wingman. Well, the thing is, is that they talk about it all the time with the All-Australian. I don't think there's been a true wingman picked in the All-Australian for as many years back as anyone can remember. But if he was in a Melbourne team or a Geelong team, he wouldn't be in the midfield. He'd be playing a wing or half-back or half-forward. He would not be playing in the, in the mid. Maybe. But anyway, that's not where he's not in those teams. He's in Gold Coast and he's playing in the and midfield. He's been great, and I think he deserves to be there. Okay, uh, Callum Mills. I, I'm not. I, I probably would have. I could possibly have him on the bench. But when we get down to the bench, there's a player there that I believe should definitely be in the starters. But I can accept those six in there. Lockie Neal's probably going to win the Brownlow, and if he doesn't, Cripps will. Uh, Clayton Oliver's had plenty of the ball for the whole year. Luke uh, Davy Juniaki in North Melbourne was unlucky. Uh, I thought he was brilliant, wasn't he? I thought uh, he had a great finish to the year. I'm sure he sure, will. Sure, the early part of the year wasn't outstanding, but later in the year, he stood up all the way. Uh, I'm sure he LDU will get a, an All-Australian Guernsey at some point, especially with a new coach. Forward line. Okay, talk about people that never played in a position for the year. How does Petrarca get in on the half-forward flank? Yeah, he's a sort of high half-forward. Yeah, midfielder. I think he is. He's a midfielder. Yeah. No, he's sort no, of a, a midfielder that runs. Fo- he, I, I agree with you, Stats. He's a midfielder that runs forward and kicks goals. Jeremy Cameron. Just Shea, that's what Dusty does. Shay Bolton, Charlie Curnow, Tom Hawkins, Tyson Stengel. Um, it's a good six, but there's a couple there that I, I think probably feel a little hard done by. And I have to say one is Charlie Kernow. Oh, sorry, um, Charlie Cameron. No. Leading small forward for goals for the whole year. Consistency is his problem. So are most of the others that they've got in that list. I disagree. No. Not, not Stengel, at least. Stengel anyway, has stood up all year. the way. He's had a great year. Bolton was terrific. Stengel's Cameron, how can you fault Cameron? He's a gun. Tom Hawkins the same. Both of them end up with 59 goals, but two, what, three behind the leader. The and then you've got Charlie Kerr now in the there. The one for me that's unlucky is Tom Lynch. But you can't have every tall in there, can you? No, you can't. And they've gone with bleak halves in place of him as a, on the bench. Which I understand because he's brilliant at a myriad of roles. Yeah, I can, I can have that, no problem. Um, just bringing up... Then you've got Brayshaw, at least to the bench. Bleak halves, Brayshaw, Heaney and Rosie. So Stengel got... Uh, I'm just trying to find Stengel in the goal kickers. So he got 46 goals, Charlie Cameron 47. So not much between those two. Uh, Shea Bolton is not in that goal kicking list at all. So he's not at the top there at all. Uh, yeah, but he can run into the midfield. 
So are we just sticking another? He's a, he's a no. He's a link. He's a half forward. He's not a forward pocket. He's he's a half forward. It goes up and brings the ball into the forward yeah, line. Yeah, and he can roll into the midfield. Absolutely, well. he, he's he's terrific. So is he there as a, a forward or is he there as a midfielder? He's there as a half forward. Player. It's a high half forward. All right. Okay. So again, another midfielder and stuck in. 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 So two of those the, ones. But in are the game today, that's how a half forward has to play. So where does Petrarca start a game? Usually half forward, actually. He doesn't usually start in he the midfield. He starts in the midfield. No. No, he'll start at half forward and roll in. Absolutely. I'm not saying he's not good enough to be there. Mm. I'm just questioning. Well, it depends on the game. Sometimes he will start in the midfield, mm. but generally he rolls in. To the, the one thing I do like about this is that they have got Stengel in there, so they've got a true small forward in there, and they've got three big forwards. It's not five out of six midfielders that have been slid into the spots. Yes. And in the back line, none of them are midfielders. No. So that's good. And the be- the bench, uh, Blitzavs is is there. Andrew Brayshaw, Isaac Heaney, and Connor Rosie. Um, Isaac Br- uh, uh, and Andrew Brayshaw should be in the field instead of Callum Mills. Player, well, I could give you that. Uh, Austra- he's the Players Association Player of the Year. So and current Brownlow Medal favourite. And possibly going Brownlow Medal Medal winner. Yes. Um, Not the favourite. No. I think he might no. Lo- Lockie no, Lockie Neal then Cripps. Is it? Yep. He must be up there. He but he is, but he his last third of his years dropped away dropped badly away. like Cripps. Um Will Brody's probably stolen votes off him and they lost games they shouldn't Connor have lost. Connor Rosie had a terrific season. I can I, I would never at the start of the year if we'd you said I'm gonna put Connor Rosie in your all Australian side, well, I would have laughed at you. He's been but awesome. I think he's actually earned it. So And he's uh, got room to grow yet. And you've gotta have a second ruckman of some sort in your side. Normally they will pick, say, Sean Darcy would have got the spot or whatever. Well, Wits, I, Wits, I think Wits is a bit yeah. hard done by not um, getting in there. But Blitzarves can play back. So we can, if we're going to actually play this team on the field, Blitzarves is the ideal choice because he's, he's had a brilliant year. He's been reliable. And if Max Gorn's on the ruck, great. You can slide him in the back line. If not... He steps into the ruck and away yep. you go. Yep. So I've got no issue with that. I have no. I think it's a much better team than the last couple of years. I, I'm not overly disappointed with anybody in there. I think it's it's fine. When I read it the other day, I I had to really look and think about each player to find one that I didn't rate. And you I know think, what? To me, it's a who cares list, really, because well, it doesn't play. play anywhere. Yep. No, yep. but it, they they do deserve some form of recognition of being in the top twenty-two. Well, yeah, they do, but they sh- they've got to be able to play against somebody. Well, who would you put them against, though? That's the question. I don't know. Pick a, pick a next 22 and make them play against them. Give them well, a head I start. I did see an interesting thing. There was a, um, another team picked, the, the, the super coach All-Australian team. Uh, yeah, so yeah, most of those guys would be in it. Uh, no, there was a lot of others that weren't. But Maynard's going to be in it. How Stewart, that work? Sinclair. Supercar, you'd have all midfielders in the back line and all midfielders in the midfield, no, all you, midfielders up forward, not all if midfielders in not if, not if you're playing... The position you play. Yeah, but not even if you were playing on in our scoring, backmen are more valuable than midfielder stats. If, if you're playing you it, it proper. Um, it's actually it's something... True. Just, they get more forwards, get 20 points for a goal in our scoring. So they become valuable. Whereas uh, on a normal day, forwards don't get enough points. Okay. But I don't see much wrong with it. I think it was just fine. Okay, so Petrarca, even in Supercoach, he's a midfield only. 
He doesn't play. He didn't spend enough time in the forward line because they, they do upgrades during the year. He didn't spend enough time in the forward line to even get upgraded with forward status. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, he plays high half forward. And, and obviously, that, as, as they go says, by the, t- the tracker on their back of where the they AFL, live. But when they pick this, don't go on positions. I'm they tell- don't care. They'll squeeze a better player That's in. what they've done with Petrarca is they had to find somewhere for him and they've gone, oh, well, you can play there. All right. Um, but we're ticking the team off. As yes, it, it can, over years gone by, I am definitely yep. Yep, Statsy? Yeah, overall, I think it's a tick. They all deserve their spot, don't they? And we don't forget Tom Hawkins, captain. The first time he's ever captained a team, he said the other night. So, I think that's a good bit of recognition for old Tom. All right, yeah, well done to Tommy and uh, Paddy Cripps was the vice captain there, so uh, that was good as well. All right, we're going to jump to our last sponsors break. On the other side, we're going to talk about. The, the Lions and Richmond game coming up this Thursday night because, of course, that's going to happen before we're on air. You're listening to the AFL Opening Bounce brought to you by Patentina's BP Service Station. Patentina's BP Service Station, North Shepparton, has been serving people living in and visiting our region for now more than 50 years. There's no other place you can still experience driveway service delivered with a smile the old-fashioned way. Supplier of BP Ultimate Fuels, they will wash your windows, check under your bonnet and even do your tyres while you wait. Next time you're filling up, do it at Pat and Tina's BP service station. GV Highway, North Shepparton. 1FM sponsor. And on the AFL opening bounce, it is Spuds time. We're running out of time, Bridges, so quick Spuds for you. If you could have got them, Jared Berry could have got them only 35. Tom McCartan probably should have 24. Cam Zerhar the same. Brody Mychek should have only six super coach points. Played 106 minutes, but didn't. One goes to Willie Rioli, West Coast. Had a couple of great games earlier in the year and whatever, and, and since then he has just gone to sleep and doesn't want to play anymore, I don't think. Ten super coach points in 81 minutes. Two goes to Eric Hipwood from the Brisbane Lions. Uh, this guy can mark, he can kick. Sure, at times he's a bit of an erratic kick, but he's got to get the ball and he just doesn't seem to make the effort to put himself in a position to. 17 super coach points, averages 60 odd, 111 minutes of game time. For 17 super coach points. What was he doing? And three goes to... We would have been playing on... Not worrying about super coach. He would have been playing on... Lever would have been playing on him or Stephen May. So he didn't, wouldn't have had an easy night. But he has to then compete. He can't just allow Lever to run off him and take him. He has to stick with him. He has to man up. If he's not getting the ball, then he has to stop his man getting the ball. And he didn't either. And three goes to Joe Danaher. Similar position. Uh, he might have got a couple of goals, but really, he, does he help his team? Does he create goals? Does he bring it to the ground? If May's going to take a mark, does he come over the top and punch into the ground? What does he do to help if he's not getting the ball? He sooks and he, he just disappears out of the game. In a game where Melbourne were all over them, sure, I agree with you, but they're all over them because their men don't stand up. Jared Berry is another one there that was poor. So, one goes to Willie Rioli, two to Hipwood, three to Joe Danaher. All right, fair enough. I'll tell you what we'll do is we won't do the um, who won the superstar or the spuds. We'll, we'll hold that till next week, Bridges. Boats are all bent in. It can be in the lockbox for a week. For a week. And well, we'll, well, last year we had a draw with the spuds and we had to wait till stats decided. Well, we could end up the same with the spuds this year. Who knows? Um, all right, uh, Thursday night at 7.20 p.m. Next Thursday. Next right? Thursday. Well, of course, next Thursday. Oh. 
has to be next Thursday. There is no making it clear to the public out there. There's no Thursday in between now and then. It is the Lions and Richmond. It's at the Gabba. We've got basically two minutes, boys. Break this one down very quickly for me. Stats, do you have the odds? I do actually. Yep. Uh, Richmond are a dollar eighty. Brisbane are two dollars. The line three and a half. Three and a half line. Look, I, I, if I was a betting man, I'd be on Richmond. I think they've been playing the better football. If they get Lynch up, it's, it's critical that they do, I know. But they're playing a better brand of football. Those couple of weeks where they got beaten at, at the end when they let games slip, they got a draw out of it, I think that's bolstered Richmond's belief because they put a lot of time and effort into what they, what's their game plan. And I think Richmond will win. I mean, tr- Brisbane are in trouble. They don't know what they're doing. They've lost momentum. Does Dusty come back? Time. Yes. Yeah, and the big out for Brisbane's Cam Rayner. That's right. So he's suspended. Zorko's had his head beaten around. You know, that there's few things wrong up at Brisbane, and I'm not sure that they can get over the Tigers. I just think if we look at what's happened over the last, like you said, Bridges, the last month of football, Lions lost their way. Shouldn't be, shouldn't have beaten St Kilda. Got thumped by Melbourne. Uh, few reports, bit of um, angriness lost happening. Richmond. Lost to Richmond when they were 50 points up. And they were that against Carlton and Carlton. And now they've got to play Richmond. I guess it's on their home deck. But Richmond on reverse haven't lost. In that time. They've done what Richmond does coming up towards finals. And we've gone, yep, okay, finals time, boys. Yeah, we had the first 12 weeks off. Uh, okay, win the next 12 and, or 11 and we're going into finals. Yep. And they've done that. They've won the hard games. They come back absolutely thumped Essendon last week to make sure they kept their confidence high so for me I'm gonna have to sorry Mark I know you're gonna ring me during the week and go yeah t- Lions by 16 but it ain't gonna be um, Tigers get over the line in a close one I think yeah to me it's um, fake toughness versus real toughness the Brisbane are fake and Richmond have been there and done it you have not been on Brisbane all year have you stats I just I just can't have them I just I just think, like I said, I call them the showboat. That's what they are. Mm, yeah, win well on the home as a rule and fail away. Uh, depending on who's got to play who the week after, um, I, I'd like to see Fremantle go a little bit further into the finals. So, um, so Brisbane lose, they're out. No, actually, they won't play each other till the end, would they? Brisbane Lions and Fremantle, because they're on the opposite well, side. Brisbane would All right, we're done, boys. Uh, thank you very much, and we'll see you next week. Pat and Tina's BP service station, North Shepparton, has been serving people living in and visiting our region for now more than 50 years. There's no other place you can still experience driveway service delivered with a smile, the old-fashioned way. Supplier of BP Ultimate Fuels, they will wash your windows, check under your bonnet, and even do your tyres while you wait. Next time you're filling up, do it at Pat and Tina's BP service station. GV Highway, North Shepparton. 1FM sponsor. You've been listening to a 1FM podcast.